take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Good evening, everybody. We're excited to be here for a live broadcast on Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. My special guest coming to you from England, Pastor Michael Cummins. And uh, Brother Michael, for those that are tuning in for the first time, what part of England are you from? Well, I'm just outside southwest London. Anyone who's a tennis fan, I'm a few miles from Wimbledon, uh, which is famous for tennis, of course. And uh, the weather today is pretty ropey. It's raining a bit and it's a bit cold in the air. But God will make us warm and God will make us like toast as we receive the Holy Spirit today. Now, a thought occurred to me uh, earlier today. Uh, You also are raised in a locale where you speak a, a local dialect called Cockney. Is that right? Well, I can speak Cockney rhyming slang. Uh, I'm not born under the sound of bow bells. To be a Cockney, you have to be born under the sound of bow bells in East London. I was born in South London. Uh, I was born in an area called Brixton, which is in southwest London. And my father, he was an Irishman, but his family lived in Camberwell, close by. And my mother, she came from Salisbury in Wiltshire. She was part Jewish, part Romany Gypsy. Wow. And she moved up to London as a young woman to find work. She worked as a chambermaid in a large house. So, you know, we're quite, we're quite mixed blood. Well, so if we ever encounter a demon um, and it speaks Cockney, you know how oh, to deal I'll with it. I know what it's saying. I'll be able to jump on it straight away. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Folks, we're excited to be here with uh, Pastor Michael Cummins. Every one of these broadcasts have been awesome, and I know you're going to enjoy today, too. Brother Michael, would you like to open us up in prayer and the mic is yours? Yes, certainly, certainly. Dear Lord God, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify you, we magnify you, we exalt you, Lord. And today we're going to be speaking about the ministry of angels. And Lord, we know everyone listening today will be touched. And we pray, Lord, that you have promised in Psalm 91 that you will give your angels charge over us. Anyone listening today who's got any problems at all, if they're afflicted by any demonic entities at all, you will give your angels charge over them and you will release them from their oppression. And we pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. I say amen. Brother Michael, always a pleasure to be with you. And uh, take all the time you like. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
Today we're going to be talking about the ministry of angels and it's such a wide subject. We might have to do two shows, but today I'll start. And I think today we need to start by talking about the archangels. Now there's three archangels mentioned in the Bible. Uh, there is Michael, the warrior angel, who fights the evil that is in the world. There is Gabriel who announces the will of God who comes down to people and he reveals God's plans to them. And of course, there was the archangel Lucifer who was so beautiful. He was such a mighty angel. He was an anointed cherub. He was a covering angel who covered the world. And unfortunately, it's Lucifer that fell from grace. It's Lucifer that rebelled against God. And I'm going to give you a few scriptures to start about the fall of Lucifer. So we know that all angels, though they were made by God, all angels were made to do God's will and to do God's bidding. One of them fell from grace, and that was Lucifer. So please turn your Bibles to Isaiah 14, and we'll read verses 12 to 14. And it starts, and we're reading the original King James Version of the Bible. And it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. So you see, Lucifer <clears throat> became vain. He became proud and he became rebellious. And he decided that he would be like the Most High. And he would uh, take his throne up there with the Most High. Now, God, you think that what that must have meant to God when Lucifer done this? Because Lucifer was so beautiful. Many people believe that Lucifer was the main angel, was the top angel. Now, if we go to Luke 10, verses 17 to 20, we read about what Jesus saw while he was in heaven. And it said, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall it by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So that is telling us that we have authority over the enemy. We have authority over Satan, but we mustn't see that as our be all and end all. We must see that our names are written in heaven, that we are born again. That is the most important thing. And I want to take you to the book of Revelation now. I want to take you to Revelation 12. And first we look 
at verse 4. And this is speaking about, well, I'm going to read it all to you now. A woman clothed with the sun. I've read this before, but it's such a powerful scripture. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour a child as soon it was born. And this is telling us that Satan managed to get a third of the stars in heaven, the third of the angels that God had created. He managed to deceive them. He managed to get them on his side and they rebelled too against God. And Satan's aim was to destroy the woman with the child. His aim was to destroy Mary and destroy her child Jesus, the Son of God. And it said a third of the angels were cast down to the earth with Satan. Hallelujah. And it says that a third of those angels are in the earth now. They are operating in the earth. They're operating in the sky above the earth. And their aim is to cause mayhem. Verse 7 to 9 in chapter 12 says, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Hallelujah. So it shows you there was this war. Satan rebelled against God. Now, you know, you could imagine it now. Could you imagine any father out there? whose son decides that he doesn't love him anymore and he chooses a lifestyle which is against his father's will. That is what Satan did. Satan was power crazed. Power crazed. So I wanted to give you that little start so you know where we're coming from because we will do a program about Satan, the fallen angels, the, the Nephilim. We'll do programs like that so we can tell you about the enemy and what the enemy declared to do on the earth. Now, angels obey God only. They are supernatural beings created by God to do its bidding. Angels are agents of God and will act as executors of God's righteous judgment. Let's have a look at Genesis 3, verses 23 to 24. Hallelujah. This is talking about the Garden of Eden. We've read about the Garden of Eden, how God has made and created the earth. And we've read about how Satan influenced the serpent, and the serpent was more crafty than any other creature. And he had gone in there and caused confusion and deception, and mankind had fallen. God uses his angels to clean the Garden of Eden up, verse 23 and 24. Therefore the Lord, of, the Lord God sent 
him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. That's talking about Adam. Drove him out the Garden of Eden. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So God has used his angels and he has said, you guard this, don't let anyone there. There's a flashing sword. You can't get near it. So angels do God's bidding. Angels will obey God. They won't obey us. We can't tell them to do anything. But they obey God. The next time we read in the Bible, a major event happening is Ezekiel 9, verses 1 to 11. God sent his angels to judge Jerusalem because of their idolatry. The children of Israel had got into a stage in their life when they was worshipping other gods. They was worshipping idols. I'll read it to you now from chapter 9, 1 to 11. He cried also in mine ears with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near. Even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth towards the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man amongst them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that he but be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite, let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house, and he said unto them, Defile the house and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. And it came to pass, while they were slaying them, and I was left, that I fell upon my face and cried and said, Ah, Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Then said he unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness. For they say, The Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. And as for me also, mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense their way upon their head, 
and behold, the man clothed with linen, which had the inkhorn by his side, reported the matter, saying, I have done as thou hast commanded me. Hallelujah. You see, you don't want to get on the wrong side of God, and you certainly don't want to get on the wrong side of his angels. If God has given judgment in a situation, if God has given that judgment, then if he sends his angels to go and execute his righteous judgment, you can't plead with them. You can't say no to them. You can't cry to them. It does no good. And God's judgment is swift. When we look at Sodom and Gomorrah, and we're going back to Genesis 19, and we talk about 1 to 25, we'll read some of it. Lot entertains two angels. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords turn in, I pray you, in your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. God had sent these two angels down. And we all know the depravity that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. We know the sexual practices that was going on. There was incest. There was all sorts of debauchery. There was bestiality. There was people going with their own family. And it was a terrible, terrible state. And they've come to see Lot. And Lot has baked him a cake. And we know that they're staying with Lot there, having food with him. But they've come to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And though we could read all about it, we know what happens to Sodom and Gomorrah. It is totally destroyed. If you want to read the whole of that, read Genesis 19, verses 1 to 25. 25 says, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city, all that which grew upon the ground. Now, I remember when I went to Israel, we went to the Dead Sea, you know, the sea there, which is full of sulfur. And it is believed that is the place of God's righteous judgment where Sodom and Gomorrah were. And when he sent the fire and brimstone down upon those cities, because they had been judged for the evil that they had done. Uh, that is what's left of them. And I know I saw a program on the television some years ago that they put a submersible submarine in the, uh, the sea, the Dead Sea, and they brought up brimstone and they brought up bricks from the bottom of the sea. So we believe that is the place. And God judged Sodom and Gomorrah and he sent his two angels to tarry with Lot. But they were destroyed. They were destroyed. And no excuse could be made. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Angels execute 
God's righteous judgment. And if God's righteous judgment is required, then God's righteous judgment come. Angels act with God's absolute authority. God's absolute authority. Let's have a look to Matthew 28, verses 1 to 7. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 7. Hallelujah. Let's have a read what it says. <clears throat> and it says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. Hallelujah. So the angels came when Jesus, you can imagine, those disciples of Jesus, when he was laid in the tomb, they thought that's the end of it. It's over. It's finished. There is nothing more to say. Yet the angel came just as God said he would do. And they rolled away the stone. And I don't know what, the angels said to Jesus, but they might have stretched their hands over him and said, Arise, my love. Arise, my love. The grave no longer has a hold on you. Hallelujah. Angels are God's messengers. We're giving you a breakdown of what angels do. Angels are God's messengers. Let's go to Matthew 1, verses 18 to 21. Hallelujah, the birth of Jesus. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put away privily. But while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she brought forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the angel was sent to speak to Joseph. Joseph was in a very difficult predicament. His wife was pregnant. They wasn't married yet. And there was a problem because he had never known her naturally. But the angel 
came and reassured him. She is, don't worry. What she has growing in her, it is Jesus, the Son of God, who will save his people from his sins. It is born of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next, Matthew. And we'll read Matthew 18 to 21. The angels again are all around the situation at the birth of Jesus. In Rama was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Hallelujah. So you can see God has sent Mary and sent Joseph and sent the baby Jesus. He sent them to be in Israel where they will be out the way of Herod and his murderous army. But now the angel has come and said they are dead. It's safe. You can go back home. You can see how the angels do God's bidding. Last one to read. Luke 2, verses 8 to 11. Hallelujah. Again, the birth of Jesus. The shepherds in the field. Hallelujah. You know, we sing those wonderful songs at Christmas. While shepherds watch their flocks at night. Hallelujah. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. So we know angels were all around the birth of Jesus. They were there. Now angels always also make announcements of things that are due to come. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Let's go to the book of Revelation. We're going to jump around the word of God today. We're going to jump around all these pages. The book of Revelation. And that's Revelation 1, verses 1 to 3. Hallelujah. The revelation of St. John the Divine. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto them, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, that they could hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written thereof, for the time is at. Who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw, but that is, is he that readeth and hand. The angel of the Lord came to give 
the book of Revelation to John in the island of Patmos. Hallelujah. Angels also give God's instruction. And we'd like you to go to Acts 10 now, verses 1 to 7. Acts 10, verses 1 to 7. I'm trying to keep up here and keep the pages turning. Let's have a look what Acts 10, verses 1 to 7 says. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band, called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of the Lord coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked at him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine arms are coming up, up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. Side. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to know. And when the angel which spoke unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he declared all the things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So the angel of the Lord has gone to Cornelius and said, go and seek Peter. Go and seek Simon, whose surname is Peter. Now, one thing I want to go back on, you notice all these people that have had visitations from angels, they all fear greatly. And, you know, mankind has made angels look like little babies with chubby faces and red faces and little chubby bottoms. They've made them look like, almost like newborn babies. And angels are mighty. And later on in the teaching, we'll show you how mighty God's angels are. And how it's great to be born again. Because the, the Bible would teach us that angels will support those who are born again. Hallelujah. Now, angels rejoice when sinners are converted. This is a wonderful thing. Let's look at Luke 15 verse 10. Luke 15 verse 10. And it will tell you this now. Hallelujah. And it says, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, I've heard people say about, I believe, and I truly believe this, and I will do a teaching on it. I will do a teaching on repentance because repentance is part of our spiritual warfare. How can we be free of the devil and be free of demons and evil spirits if we're not? willing to repent of the sins that have brought them close to us. So I've heard people say, oh, I said the sinner's prayer when I was born again. Yes, we all said the sinner's prayer when we first come to Jesus. But we have agreed to serve Jesus for the rest of our lives on the earth. And it's only right we should be willing to repent for the rest of the time we are on the earth. 
And I've had people say, oh, you know, you want us to go through repentance again. Surely once saved, always saved. Well, I personally believe that we should always be willing to repent our sins before the Lord. And people have made it look like that repenting is something in the New Testament, arduous, is it? that is arduous and tenuous. I apologize for that. Please keep going. That's okay. It sounded pretty good anyway. <laughs> so, hallelujah. <laughs> Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, when a sinner, when you lead someone to the Lord, the angels are rejoicing in heaven. So if the angels are rejoicing, we should be rejoicing soon. So there we go. So the angels have part in the born-again experience. They rejoice when someone says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Now, the next thing is quite amazing. Angels provide sustenance. Elijah flees to Bathsheba to get away from Jezebel. Let's look at 1 Kings 19, verses 4 to 8. 1 Kings 19, verses 4 to 8. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray now. We pray now. Angels provide us with sustenance. And here we go, verses 4 to 8. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now. O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for the for thee and he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb the mount of God hallelujah so that's what happened he came Elijah had had enough Jezebel had really scared him he was really really frightened remember Jezebel had had all the priests of God slaughtered and she was coming after Elijah. And he was going to Bathsheba, but halfway there he had had enough. You know, when you go on a journey, sometimes you set off with great intentions and great fervor, but you just give in. Sometimes it becomes too great for you. So angels provided him sustenance. They baked him a cake. They gave him water to drink. He had rest. Then they woke him up and said, on your journey now, the Lord is with you. And Jesus himself was provided with sustenance from the angels when he was on the Mount of Temptation with the devil. Matthew 4, verse 11 says, well, I'll read 10 again because 10 is good to hear. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, 
Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him serve, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and administered to him. So the angels came and administered to Jesus after he had overcome Satan on the Mount of Temptation. Can you see how mighty and powerful these angels are? Now, angels are ministering spirits. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 1.14, and we'll read about these ministering spirits. And we're getting near now to what we should all believe if we're born-again Christians. When we go into the deliverance battlefield, we're not on our own. Many people are frightened. I want to tell you that I administered to a man this week, and he lived in Edinburgh in Scotland, and he sent me a text saying, will you help me? I'm possessed by the devil. And when I spoke to him, he said, I have a powerful demon in me. And immediately he started saying, you can't get me out. I'm here forever. You have no power over me. The Bible has no power over me. Jesus has no power over me. And you do not have any power over me. So I started reading the word of God. And I said, as I said, when we read the word of the God, the word of God, I use the sword of the spirit. I said, it is written. Soon as I said, it is written, he sat up and watched me. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. I must have prayed for about, I don't know, 45 minutes, something like that. And I said to the man, you are not possessed of the devil. And the man kept saying, his name was Andrew. And he said, my name's not Andrew, it's Satan. I said, your name is Andrew. You have, have, a, you have an interloper. You have someone who has no right to be inside you. But he is going. Because God has said he must go. He has said in my name you shall cast out devils. So I kept praying for the man. And I said I'll ring you tomorrow. That was yesterday. And when I rang him he wasn't manifesting at all. He was still frightened. He was still nervous. He still thought the devil was going to come back and torment him and torture him. But he spoke normal. There was no manifestation of a devil. And today I will ring him after the show. And I believe he will be completely set free. And I'll tell you why. Because Hebrews 1 verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation? You see, I got the man to say the sinner's prayer. I got the man to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he has now moved from darkness to light from famine to feast, from death to life. And the angels of the Lord are ministering to him, for they have been sent to minister to those who will have salvation. Angels do not minister to those that are evil, who have rejected Jesus Christ, who worship sex, who worship money, who worship all evil. Angels will come to destroy them, at the appointed time, but they do not administer them. Angels only administer those who have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Why? This says so. The word of God is true. 
Hallelujah. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Hallelujah. Angels will not help the wicked. Those who have rejected Jesus as Lord and Saviour, they only come to help those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord. Let's go back into the book of Psalms. You know, one thing that I love is backing everything up with the word of God. And the wonderful Psalm 91. In my Bible, my King James, it says the state of the godly. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Hallelujah. Angels and ministering spirits. This is the state of the godly. If I may, let me read all Psalm 91 in its original tongue. It is a magnificent piece of scripture. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. We praise the name of the Lord. The angels and ministering spirits sent to serve the heirs of salvation, and they are with us today. When we pray to the Lord, when we're in danger, they're around us. You know, I've heard people, people have given me testimony. A young lady gave me a testimony once. She was in South Africa and she fell out of a tree quite high up. She had climbed this tree and struggling to get down and she slipped and she fell. And as she came down, she came to the ground and then she felt herself slow down in a fall. And she landed quite softly on the ground. And I, that's not the first time I've heard this. My own daughter, you know, I have a daughter, Emma. 
and she was born in 19, when was she born? 1976, I have to remember this, and she was knocked over by a car crossing the road once in the school holidays, and she was thrown up in the air, and she came down and landed on her head. And I was working down on the south coast of England at the time, and when I got home overnight, somebody was waiting for me outside my home, and I drove to the hospital, and she had tubes in her ears, tubes in her nose that was just flowing with blood, and her, her head was enormous with the swelling. And she was in the hospital a long time, and she had to learn to walk properly because there was a, uh, some immediate brain damage. She had to learn to talk, had to go through speech therapy. And we went on a family holiday, and we was down the south coast. And uh, one day she was walking down the road, and she stood still. And she was ashen, and she went white. And I said, what's the matter? And she said to me, it's a miracle. And she said she saw a huge hand come out of the sky and it scooped her up from the pavement. And she was standing in the middle of this huge hand. And the words came to her, I will never forsake you. And she said that. Now, another time later on in life, she unfortunately got herself in trouble with a young man and was pregnant and they had a child. And the young man, he, he wasn't interested in her really and they got a house together and he disappeared. He went off and he left her alone and she was bringing up this baby on her own. Lovely baby, my grand granddaughter, her name's Chloe. And one night, Saturday evening, it was a sunny evening, she went to bed early. She went to bed early, she would read her Bible, she would pray. And this particular night she was sitting in the bed and reading her Bible and a man appeared and she said he smiled at her and he had blonde hair, he had a t-shirt on and a pair of jeans and he looked at her and he smiled and he went and looked in the cot where my granddaughter was, she was only a few weeks old and he looked at the baby and smiled. Then he turned to Emma and he went again. So God had given his angels, I was praying for her all the time. You know, when you have a child who has a, has a baby outside wedlock, especially when you're in ministry, you feel ashamed. You don't know what to do. So I used to pray all the time for her. And there we go. The angels came and they saw she was okay. Angels will bring God's deliverance. Now we're going to look at the story of King Hezekiah. Now, King Hezekiah was a righteous king. He, he restored the God of word, the, the, the word of God to all those in Jerusalem. And God did miracles from him. And we read 2 Kings 20, verses 1 to 6. And then we'll talk about other things. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came
came to pass before Isaiah was gone into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayers, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. Amen. And the story goes on to say that he took a lump of figs and took it and laid it on the boil. Now, I don't believe it was a boil. I've had a couple of boils in my life when I was a kid. In the age where you get spots, where you drink too much Pepsi Cola and eat too much sweets and ice cream. And I've even had a boil. And though they're very, very painful, especially when they're lanced, I can't see Ezekiah dying of a boil. I believe he had a cancer, a cancerous tumour. And you see, Isaiah, the son of Amos, the prophet, has said, put your house in order, you're going to die. If the prophet of the Lord comes to you, knocks on your door and said, said to me, I'm sorry, Michael, the time's up. You better put your house in order. I would believe that to be true. But you see, Hezekiah was a righteous man and he leaned on his righteousness and he leaned on the promises of God and he turned to the wall and he wept sore and you know a miracle happened a miracle happened that he was granted 15 more years but this is only one of the miracles that happened to him at that time there was a king the king of Assyria Sennacherib and he had a massive army and he had heard that Hezekiah was ill and unwell, and he thought he would take advantage of it. And he surrounded the camp of Hezekiah. He surrounded the camp of Jerusalem. And he said, soon as we get the word that Hezekiah's dead, we'll be in there and we'll sack his treasury and we'll take all the gold, all the silver, all the precious stones away. We'll take it back to Nineveh. Now, the funny thing is about Nineveh. Nineveh is the place where Jonah was spat out on the beach from the belly of the whale. And he was told to go and preach the word of God to those who lived in Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. But you see, it's said that this man, Sennacherib, he was worshipping a demon god called Nisroch. That was the god he worshipped. So we had forsaken the Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we pray. And we're going to read this now. We're going to read 2 Kings 19. Hallelujah. And this is what God says. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it, against it. But the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city and save it for mine own sake and for my servant David. God has given out a proclamation. Hezekiah is sick. God has promised to heal him. And give him another 15 years. Verse 35, and this is 2 Kings 19, 
35 to 37. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they rose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adramelech and Sharazir, his son, smote him with the sword, and they escaped in the land of Armenia. And Eshad, his son, reigned in his stead. So God saw the threat upon the righteous king, Hezekiah, the man who was dying, who God had already said, put your house in order for you will surely die. But he decided to stand in the way. And he destroyed the demonic army of the Assyrians. And Hezekiah was granted another 15 years. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to go into a bit. Angels who engage in spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Daniel 10 verses 1 to 14. Angels who engage in spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. You've all heard the story of Daniel. He's sending his prayers up to God, but they're just not getting through. And I've just got enough time to read this, and we'll come back to angels. And it's Daniel 10, verses 1 to 14. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Balthazar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, Daniel was mourning there three weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks was fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the month, I was by the side of the great river, which is Hiddekel. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body was like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire. And his arms and his feet, like in colour to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of the multitude. Then I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quake falling upon them, so they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned into me, into corruption, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, and I was in a deep sleep on my face, and my face, towards the, my face towards the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set 
me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for for the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten myself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, one with twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, and I remain there with the king of Persia. Hallelujah. You see, Daniel was praying to the Lord, and there was a demon, an evil spirit, a prince over Persia, and he was doing his best to stop the prayers getting through to God. But they got through anyway, and God sent his angel to restore Daniel. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And what we'll do, we'll do angels again, but looks, this time we'll look on the other side of angels. We'll look at the angels that have fallen. We'll look at Satan, his origins. We'll look what he's done in the world. And we'll look at the evil he intends to do and still does in the world. I hope you have liked it, what we've preached today. I have to tell you, that angels are ministering spirits sent to serve the heirs of salvation. So if you're drawn into a battle with Satan, use the word of God that we spoke about last week, the sword of the spirit, and the angels will come, and the angels will protect you, and the angels will give you confidence, strength, understanding of the battle that is ahead. Hallelujah, we pray. Amen. Amen. Great word. Brother Michael, what would you like to title this for the archive tonight? The Ministry of Angels. Fantastic. Also, I want you to tell people about your ministry there in London, how they can be a part of it, and how they can support your ministry, please. Well, we, I, I pastor a church in northwest London. Please excuse the phone has just rang in the hall. You Take may your be time. able to hear it online. But I have a church in London which I lead it's called Kilburn Christian Fellowship Kilburn Christian Fellowship is a Pentecostal church evangelical church in London northwest London and you can find it online the website is Kilburn Christian Fellowship there's hundreds of teachings on there that I've done in the past that are recorded on the church website you can listen to some of those we meet every Sunday at 11.15 to 1 o'clock and when we finish at 1 we have a little bit of refreshment for about an hour and then I make myself available in my office for anyone who wishes to receive prayer for anything at all, for healing, for deliverance. If you have a problem you can come and see me there. Ring me up and make an appointment. My mobile number is 07469 235351 and I'll be happy to give you an appointment. I think that's probably someone ringing now for an appointment. But uh, happy to see you. We'll help you in any way we can. 
Fantastic. My friend, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you much, so much for all what you've done. See you I then. Have to say, I, I, I've been in ministry now for 30 years, and I truly believe this is the best stuff I've ever done. And I'm so grateful to be on, on Amiga Man Radio. Brother, we're honored to be here with you. Praise Jesus for you. Thank you, sir. Amen. See you next time. Love you. See you next time. God bless you. Love you too. Bye Thank bye. you, sir. Love everybody. God bless you all. Bye. Praise God, folks. That's Michael Cummins. We'll put a link to his uh, website where you can get more teaching. If you happen to be in England area, you can get out there and fellowship with him, get some deliverance. And he now has PayPal. You can support his ministry. God puts it on your heart to do that. So we've got uh, some exciting things happen here at Omega Man Radio. We're coming up on, well, it'll be 13 years come June. We've got about six months to go on that, five months ago. But we're coming up on um, 10,000 episodes. God willing, we're going to hit them this month. And we have some new things cooking. Of course, Omega Man Radio is our umbrella broadcast. Always will be. But we have special series that we've got running on this network now. We've got Speak My Word, which is on Monday through Friday, 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. Join us for a deep dive into the Word of Jehovah God and His King James Bible. Then we've got the Demon Hotline that's cranking up, Monday through Friday, 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. We'll pray for anybody who would like to call in. Free deliverance, Jesus paid for it. We're also going to have great guests like Michael Cummins today and others. Plan is to have two uh, special guests each night. We're opening up the vault. Audios are being released. And I'm going to release them uh, in mass. Every night, new programs coming up out of the vault. Collect them all. This is the year for deliverance. This is the year to be set free. To kick devil butt in Jesus' name. That's my emphasis this year. The word of God and casting out devils. I know the enemy's not happy. Well, as my dad said, he can go pack sand. We're setting up a, a new YouTube channel just for the special broadcast. I've got one that I just launched tonight called Demon Hotline. We'll be putting uh, all things deliverance on that channel. Of course, we've got Speak My Word, which will soon go live 24-7, reading the Word of God. And, of course, we have Omega Man, which is our main hub. Something for everybody. Next month, we'll be going on the Word Network, 98 million homes, potentially. All 98 million will not be tuning in. I'm sure, but um, it'll be the largest door that we've ever walked through in terms of opportunity to reach people. And I believe it's just the beginning of um, something even bigger, maybe even a daily program at some point. Well, praise the Lord Jesus. It's all about Him or we don't need to do it. We need to win some souls, see some captives free, see some people healed, or what's the point? Might as well stay home. Do Mark 16, 17 or stay home? Do I hear an amen? <laughs> okay. 
Well, we're going to have a great time in the Lord. And uh, all the programs are free. Okay, we're going to be back tonight, God willing, at 7 o'clock. Hope you'll join me, 7 Eastern. And uh, um, things are really cooking, so keep track of the changes going on here. For those who would like to, just remember one website, OmegaManRadio.com. I'll put everything up there for you. Um, it's time to get serious. It's not about how many more episodes we can produce. Uh, we've done some great shows. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for the men and women of God that he's sent to this network. And over the years, we've been faithful. And now it's time to get laser sharp focus and go for the prize. It's time to take demon scalps for Jesus, win souls for Jesus, and hit the devil hard. I can care less about politics anymore. Not interested in that anymore. I will vote if I have an opportunity, although right now I cannot. As an American citizen, you need a driver's license to vote. And uh, I've been there, done that last two presidential elections. It cost us uh, five YouTube channels fighting the New World Order, and I would do it again. However, that is all distraction. Yes, we'll speak to those things when we need. But I want to focus on what God personally told me to do. He told me to speak his word. And he told you and I in Mark 16, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So I think we need to have one or more of those following us. If not, let's get working on them. I don't know of anything greater we can do right now than give the devil a black eye, doing deliverance, setting the captives free, and speaking the word of God because the word will not return void. That is my micro-sermon tonight. <laughs> okay. Love you all. Shouts out to Sister Gail. Sister Gail Patton, Mike Patton. They'll be back on soon. And uh, we've got all the shows uploaded for you. We've got a new series uh, called Conversations with a Prayer Walker. Re-releasing for the first time in many years uh, the entire archive of shows that we did with Henry Groover. I took him out of circulation after he died. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I may just take and put him into a book. I took him offline. And uh, somebody wrote me and said, hey, the Lord moved on me to listen to everything that Henry Groover has done. And I understand you have quite a few. And I said, you know what? Perfect timing because I'm going to release them all as part of the Vault series. We've got two of them that are already in circulation. And over the next couple months, they will all be there. One a week till we've all, all, been, all have been released. We've got Wynn Worley coming out, Derek Prince, Grindad Weber, Charlie Holtzhauser, John Lyndon Cook, Johnny Barr, and more. Those are all part of the Vault Series, so extra programs every night keep you busy. And then our main feed in the evenings, four programs, Word, Hotline, and Two Guests, Monday through Friday. We take the weekend off. And then we may uh, be doing more shows like we're doing today, definitely... Um, Every week, Michael, Michael Cummins, 6 a.m. Eastern. From London, England, tomorrow, I think David Measures will be with us. I'm going to try to get the international show set up for the same times, 6 a.m. during the weekend. The days that we're not on with a live guest, we may do some more Speak My Word, like we did yesterday. Again, keep us in prayer. Um, I'm excited about this new opportunity on the Word Network. 
largest African American network in the world. And uh, I already made contact with Ivory Hopkins. Uh, he'll be coming on the program. And we'll be doing a mass deliverance. I don't know that mass deliverance has ever been done over the Word Network. But we're going to do it. We'll either survive it or get kicked off. But I think that I think we're going to survive it. <laughs> and be able to do much more. Um, look at the lineup over there. Uh, every day my brother Damon is on at uh, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, coming on right after Sid Roth. He'll be doing another program in a few hours live. You can catch it uh, on the network and also social media. It's called Zoe Today with Damon Davis. That's my brother. And he's a gift to the network, uh, one of his slots every month for us to do our program. So I'm I'm excited about it. Now we've just got to get up to broadcast quality speed. Got some work to do on that before next month when our first episode will air in February. Folks, love you all. God richly bless you. See you next time on Omega Med Radio. Have a great day out there. Love you all.